featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dinzik, powered by BetSperts. Welcome to the Deep Dive. Andy, the 4th of July has come and gone. I hope your holiday weekend was as great as mine. Um, part of me wants to just kind of ask you how things went, get to talk, tell some stories, and just uh, and just kind of mix it up today. But uh, you know what? It's all business today, man. All are, business, Andy. We are grinding NFL. Starting the process. Um, <clears throat> this is a big, big season. Honestly, Drew, night, nightmare week because there's two golf tournaments of which I want to I want to be evaluating matchup bets for both. So I haven't even got to you know day one matchup bets for either. I have to do that after the podcast. Um, on a short week because I did nothing on Monday, man. <laughs> I did nothing. And truthfully, the the weather looked really bad up here where it was like, oh shit, it's going to rain all day long on the 4th of July. The parade is canceled. The fireworks are canceled. Kids, grab your iPads and shut up. But uh, <laughs> lo, and, lo and behold, it rained all morning. Cleared out by the afternoon. Everything was a go-go and it was, it was fine. So 4th of July went you know, it's unassuming, but it went swimmingly and yeah, yeah, back to back to business. There's a lot of work left to do. We're going to start on team previews next week, starting with uh, we I hate to phrase it as the most boring division. I'm going to use the word stable. No, our warm up. It's our warm up. It's, it's a warm up. It's like a practice girlfriend. Practice. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> we, well, you know, some of these teams like, the, you know, the mistake on the lake which might be, honestly, they might call that a, a person instead of a city now. But uh, that Which team mistake is, by the lake. That's what they call Cleveland. There's oh, several. yeah. There's several. If you want to count, you want to count <laughs> one, there's, there's Detroit, one by Detroit, yeah, Chicago. There's one by yeah. We got a, we got a um, whole bunch we could, uh, we could yeah, really kind of, yeah. There, there's a lot of things that have to fall. We would be doing it a great disservice if we did a AFC North preview right now, you know, so those, the ones with less know. stability. It and hasn't less even knowledge. been confirmed that Deshaun Watson is suspended for a year and that Jimmy G is going to be the quarterback of the Browns. We don't even know that yet. Yeah. We'd, we'd like that in stone before we get to that one. Yeah. Right. Right. So, right, right. but we, we, yeah, we will be starting with that. It's not boring. It's stable. So we are, we're going to get some, some easy ones and we are going to, Yeah. Get get the get the warm ups out of the way and get right into the NFL. And if anything comes up in between there, we'll cover it too. But from now on, man, this is a straight no fun league. Yeah, you started digging through the schedule. I've started processing a few, like uh, working on my preview thoughts, working on my power numbers. Haven't got yeah. as far as I'd like to, but mm-hmm. by uh, oh the my wife and my daughter where the most talkative people in the household are leaving for the weekend to go to a baby shower all the way in South Dakota. So I, I know if this was 21 year old Andy, which I wasn't married at that point, it'd be like, I'm going to the bar all weekend. We're going to go to the lake. I'm going to gamble my ass off down at a casino. And then 38 year old Andy's like, Oh man, I'm going to get my power number. So tight. <laughs> oh God, I'm going to, I'm going to have so many notes jotted down in my, in my documents I use for this. I'm going to be so organized for NFL. Like I'm just excited to just grind NFL all weekend. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, 
Uh, I'm with I'm like you in that I'm still broadly distracted, but I'm enjoying kind of getting going. Um, how how Wimbled, can I work Wimbled when we have Wimbledon? I mean, on Wimbled, Wimbled, Wimbledon, Wimbledon is absolutely uh, yeah. Good luck getting anything else done. Ask um, me how much I bet on Ans Jabur when you told me to. <laughs> how much did you bet on Ans? Not enough. Not enough. Drew. Not enough. <laughs> so, uh, do you have fun live trading that uh, that Taylor Fritz match today? Rafa Nadal, Taylor. Fritz. Yeah, I, saw, I, I just I saw plus five hundred both ways a couple of times. I had seven hundred on Fritz. Just Ooh, for, I just put nice. a little bit, put just to, I just I'm like I just want to show someone this ticket when he breaks back. So yeah. I put twenty five bucks on Fritz that lost, but the big live one on Nadal came through. So, uh, not to steal a line from Doc Better because we love him to death, but I mean I feel like this is public domain at this point. But we are just boom valuing these tennis <laughs> when this many favorites go down a set or in men's oh, tennis yeah, two sets, and and then they win. It makes you feel so smart, even though you're not doing anything. You know, you're not sitting there like live calculating the odds and really, you know, doing anything special. It's just like, well, Nadal's faked an injury or two before. I think he's still got that dog in him. And I mean, the, the Jabur one, I didn't get on. I should have. Uh, Ooh, but there's been, yeah, there's been a couple of boom values where, there, man. yeah, you get some, you get some favorites down live and just hit it for a little. I'm, uh, and uh, Cam Nori to win his quarter. After the madness that was, I grabbed yeah. a little of that at four nice. and five to one. Nice work. Um, sweated the shit out of that final. Yeah, I that did barely back. got there. Did you you could have the, you could have gotten a better the, price. Yeah, you could have gotten a better live price Cam Nori in match than you got for that to win the quarter. Yeah. It's not like I sweated any match before that, but yeah, and I did bet that. Uh, I remember I put that in the tennis chat. I'm like, I'm betting the over just for when when uh, you know. Go fan makes makes, yeah. makes this difficult on me, <laughs> yeah, and he yeah, made it I, difficult. So yeah, yeah, that was fun. Um, no, Wimbledon's been fun. Week one, I lost my ass. Week two, I've been absolutely clawing, clawing back. I don't think I've actually had a loser so far this week. Although knocking on wood now, on support, I... please, please, please have the strength come through to the finals, babe. This has been as good a break for her as I ever could have dreamed. Uh, obviously, coming into the tournament without the Russians and the Bell Russians was a huge equity in her favor. Obviously, Iga Swiatek not doing any warm-ups was huge equity in her favor. Uh, and then all of the chaos of all of this, the you know, all the players with a realistic chance being on the top half of the draw, and they all got eliminated on the same day. That Saturday was, was just whoosh, just wiped the top, just wiped the top of the draw. It was just beautiful. Um, and now we're just sweating a little bit of uh, Simona Halep, who, of course, you know, fond memories of back Simona Halep she's on title runs. She looks she's, good. <clears throat> yeah, she, you know what though? I mean, Anna Samova is not on you know Shabur, but are, she made her look bad at times. Yeah, you know what people are asking though? Did she peak too early? <laughs> she'll get two days off. Did she'll she be peak too she'll, early. I she it, doesn't get wish, two days off. She has to go back to back. Yeah, you're true, true, true. I I wish I didn't. I shouldn't say I wish I didn't have tickets on this because I'm glad I do. But uh, who who was it? Was it Halep Panko? Was that a final? Or I'm trying to think. There's Halep been some Panko was a final of the French Open in 2017 that went in favor of Panko. I think Panko. Yeah. yeah. There's been. There's been some really good Halep finals. Not all oh, slams. For sure. But I, I will. If she it is Serena just, Williams, impressive. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. That's a good that one. If it's just Ons, if it's Ons and Halep, like good popcorn match. It's going to be a oh, great one. Seriously. And then, I mean, congrats to Novak on his 
slam victory. So he's definitely going to the finals. Cam Nor- Scam Nori is uh, will be lucky to win six games. Certainly not. You think you set. don't? You give Nick any shot against Djokovic? Nick has kind of been the one guy that has had just enough on serve to really frustrate the best defender in the world. Yeah, that's you don't give very... it. You don't give him anything. I, I give him. I, I don't say it's a zero percent. Nothing's ever zero, but I he is going to be very frustrated by the amount of balls that are going to be coming back at him that haven't been during this tournament. Like he just God level defense, God level coverage. And he's even when he has looked bad, he still looks good. Like Joker hasn't even really you talk about not peaking too early. I mean, he's had to like throw it down into second gear a couple times, but guy has three or four more gears. I I think it'll be a very good match if Nick stays, if Nick stays uh, focused. Okay, don't and uh, honestly, Natal is gonna win. Natal yeah. is Natal is faking an entry. No, he's, he's gonna not. come out. Look, he's gonna come no, out. He's, he's we've we've been down this goddamn road. <laughs> we've said this. We're like, oh my god, like I can't believe he didn't retire in in what was it Madrid? Sure. Like well, he, he got his ass so kicked. Ultimately. How did he? Yeah, I know, but like, how did? Oh, he, I'm saying, yeah, he's not gonna be Joker, but. <clears throat> Like he's gonna come out looking just fine. He rope a dope to Saul, and it's going five. I'm I, that okay. uh, if that total keeps coming down, you I'll bet play an, that over. I'll bet an over thirty nine. That's silly. Yeah. Okay. That's not crazy. I don't think that's crazy, especially because Nick is, you know, is has this mentality of I'll drop sets no problem. Um, Djokovic, for what it's worth, don't hold me to this because I have not fact checked it, but I believe Nick Kyrgios is the only player active player who Djokovic has not ever taken a set from have at least two head-to-heads he is 0-2 lifetime against Kyrgios and he has lost 2-0 in both of their head-to-heads weird uh, weird little wrinkle there I don't know why Kyrgios plays him so tough <clears throat> but I don't know I don't give Kyrgios that much of hope but you know, I definitely think that'll be a funner final than Nadal Djokovic would be. Um, but that's my opinion. I know there's a lot of raw fans out there that are loving this uh, this inspirational run he's putting together. But I just I find him exceedingly gross uh, in a lot of ways. But that's just my personal opinion. Um, let's talk a little NFL. We're here ten minutes in. Uh, no more time for Tour de France. No more time for Scottish Open. You can find us on our other platforms, handicapping other two and zero uh, and. Cycling bets. So. Oh, good job. Well, good job. You know what the um, worst part about betting? How, how's your women's Euro going so far? Oh, and one. <laughs> oh, shoot. Sorry. I man. needed, I needed, yeah, no, I needed, I needed England to score in the second half, just a single goal. They had a lot of, I, they I know, had a lot of chances. I went back and forth between scoring both halves and halftime full time. In both halves would have been very greedy. Halftime full time was like minus 190. Oh, win, win to nil was cheap. But mm. I went a little spendier and or I went a little greedy and didn't get it. But there's like 40 matches left. We're gonna be just fine. I Who's bet a future. I bet a future on a girl who tore her ACL the other day. You bet Spain oh, or you bet oh, her to have been the golden ball. I bet her to win golden boots. She's not playing. No, she's not a Spanish gal. Not getting that, not getting that money back. <laughs> no, no. But uh my, no. my outright was England plus four fifty. Like it's okay. going home. Okay. Okay. Dutch are Dutch are in a bad place. England ever won a major anything ever? 
World the Cup, women, gold medal, the Euro. Women I don't have think not, they have. No, this would be this would be something this would new. Be their this, maiden title. Yeah. This new the new coaching. They stole the Dutch coach. Like they stole oh, they the good did? coach. Yeah. Oh, see, I don't know this thing. This is why we need to do a deep dive before these tournaments. And so I, I stayed up too late and had too many gummies last night. And I ended. That's when I <laughs> like part of part of why I bet some Swedish futures was um, that. Uh, the the spain thing and then i bet the spain boot thing anyway because I, I like had her in my head so hopefully uh we get some stuff back yeah, there but well, yes that back through to... some serious cold water on spain and that helps germany uh, i suppose it does a little um but obviously still got to make it okay. through the knockouts all right <clears throat> so coming, uh let's talk a little nfl it's coming. uh what uh i don't know did you have any kind of final autopsy thoughts on how the 2021 season went for you overall and what sort of the state of the betting market is in the NFL nowadays. We did a bad job a couple times with weather <laughs> and, and really then the whole season. Yeah. And then I think once we got bit, we overreacted to it Okay. or we got gun shy. Like, Oh, what if there's weather? Um, so I think we need to be, cognizant of the weather and possibilities of it maybe look at maybe look at that more from the ten thousand foot view maybe we could run some numbers on that and see like you know traditionally in this part of the country in october that we have you know the odds of getting high winds in cleveland in october or higher and you know use that for some sort of you know like if we have bad weather it's an outlier and i'm fine okay. with it that's a good that, that's a good call looking more more climate than like weather because it's really hard to predict a week out if you want to be hitting sunday monday tuesday happy days openers it's it's really tricky like every week we do this for golf and i look and it's like fuck you know i'm looking only two or three days out and every week it's like oh you know the the dfs touts oh it's the am pm wave this week and then sure enough two days later they completely say the opposite because of the wind switched or the rain i mean how many times have you had that where it's like oh it might rain tonight and then it ends up raining at like five in the morning the next day it just gets slowed down pushed back that sort of thing happens with a golf tournament it, it switches your wave advantage that thing happens with a football game where the wind doesn't get there in time or it gets there early and all of a sudden the total drops four points on the last hour and a half of betting. So we, yeah, we need to work on that. Um, and then I think I did a better job of looking at some situational stuff, game script things. Okay. I still want to, I still want to improve more on that. I think that definitely helps with totals. Okay. Um, or we can start to look at like team tendencies and it's going to be tough. And that's something I wrote down in my list of things I need to do is uh, there's things we can do preseason here, which is going to be lots of things. There's so much left to do to get ready, but there's stuff that you can't really do until the season. Even the preseason isn't going to be a good indicator of this, but we have a handful of new coaches. We have new coordinators. And with that, we're going to be, you know, we're going to have to be finding out some of their tendencies. Like we know what, Pete Carroll's going to do with a lead. You know, we, we know what, we know what McVay's going to do almost all the time. Like he's, he's a very open book about, you know, what, what that team does just kind of, you know, there are teams that have higher rates of tendency and predictability, I guess, as far as what they do in certain game States, but 
a bunch of new coaches, mm-hmm. a bunch of new coordinators. You got new offenses, schemes. You got new quarterbacks, new places. It's going to be <laughs> Patrick says as if the Seahawks will have a lead this year. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to the gonna... Seahawks in just a bit. The NFL did them some very, very, very solid. Um, they gave them some very solid chances in a schedule. So I, I won't, I won't spoil, I won't spoil what Drew's going to tell you. But do you think they had a meeting? And they just said, like, hey, they go through everybody, and then they get to Seattle and be like, are they going to start Drew Locke? <laughs> like, should we? And it was like, we you either go one way or the other. You either contract the team, yeah. or you say, let's take it easy on them because they're obviously going through some stuff right now. They're going through some stuff. They're going through some issues. They're going here, through some so. stuff, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I mean, presumably, I mean, we're making hey, jokes. Hit, Gino, hit Smith, with... Gino Smith might win the starting job. Like, Gino Smith should win the starting job. He is much better than Drew um, um, And then, yeah, if you you guys in the chat, throw your stuff in. I think that's some some good stuff. If you have some things you're looking to, you know, maybe not even improve on, just stuff you sure. didn't do that you wanted to do, sure. we can start to talk uh, some of this stuff. But, yeah, decaying out priors, that is – Almost more art than science, for sure. Because and it's team dependent I, too. You can't I just use a blank. Just, yeah. I was just going to ask you. I was going to say there's not some all-encompassing thing where saying we should start washing out these priors, because and a good example of it last year was the Dallas Cowboys. Because again, how much did you want to rely on a prior that was the entire <laughs> team was injured the year you know two years ago? Like, do do we want to be setting up that prior? We almost need to start you know, at the ground floor using like what could have been in 2020 as a prior and then quickly adjusting off that. So oh, sure. Player that's level. A very, anything. Yeah. Player yeah. level. Anything is huge. And, but the, I, I definitely still a very player level, uh, proponent. Mm. My, um, I need to be more, um, I think it's, and again, like you said, it's art, but like a player like Micah Parsons, who all preseason, I was like, this is not going well. They're using him in coverage. He can't cover like this is bad. And then all of a sudden by halftime of game one, Quinn adjusts to make him primary pass rusher and the rest is history. He's a defensive player that you're candidate. Right. And like <clears throat> that was way slow kind of making that adjustment. And if you have a game changer, you know, game player, blue chip player like that, that can change the complexity of your defense, then uh, you need to be a little bit more aggressive adjusting the prior. Same with uh, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. As soon as that was pretty clear that that was, uh, you know, a viable third option and they had three viable passing options on the field for every single passing down, then all of a sudden that offense is prior that you came into the season with is dead wrong. (laughs) And you need to aggressively update that. Um, so, you know, I don't know that we're going to have as much rookie impact this year as those two examples, Parsons and Chase, but it's hard to guess. You know, there's, to guess. you know, yeah. there's five or six wide receivers that I think could just, you know, they either go into the shadows. We don't hear much about them. They get 40 targets or there could be some, you know, that don't win rookie of the year, but they almost need a name for this. Like guys that, Anybody who's betting knows, like, this guy cannot win Rookie of the Year. He won't. It doesn't matter if he keeps this up and does what he's doing. It's not a thing. But every pregame show starts talking about it. Or every, like, talking head's like, this guy might be Rookie of the Year. It's like, no, he's a wide receiver. And there's, like, two quarterbacks that are playing okay. 
Like it's just, you know, and last year, obviously what we saw with none of the quarterbacks really played. Okay. was a, a bit of an outlier season, but it just, uh, there's there's always going to be one or two wide receivers that make some sort of impact. There's going to be a couple of running backs that have come into the league um, as rookies now that are going to get meaningful-ish touches. And, you know, it's it's fun to keep an eye on that, but it's, yeah, for me, it's definitely not the rookie of the year stuff that everybody wants to talk about. It is going to have to be adjustments to how you feel about this. I do less player-level stuff than you. I try to make it a little less granular and do player groupings. Yeah. But then I guess I do do player level then just different than you. Like I do, you know, positional. Yeah. Grouping. You, yeah. Yeah. You can, you can break it up however you want. If you're at the same time, positional like, group is the same thing. Yeah. But the positional group, their grade is going to change if a, if a player is in or out, you know, sure so it, it is player level, but uh, in a different kind of way. Yeah, uh, a couple other things, just macro. Um, I'm at risk of sounding like an absolute turd saying this because <laughs> of how my NFL regular season went last year, wins and losses. Um, but I felt like getting the best of the number was like historically not great last year. Um, in general, it felt like a lot of the professional moves that came later in the week that were aggressive, like they didn't hit at the same rate as we usually see. And I have no idea why that is. Um, but there was how, definitely how many, on average, how many of those a week do you think you saw? Three or Two four, or three? three or four. Yeah. Okay. Three or four. So let's, let's, yeah. you know, let's call that 70, 75 moves. It's still not a big sample, but I mean, you're right. I'd agree with you. There were some weird moves. Um, there was a group that, Somebody was betting the Washington football team every week early in the season, yeah. and they just couldn't get it right, couldn't get it right. They stopped doing it, and then the, they ripped off like four against the spread. You know, like it, there was a lot of stuff like that, and we weren't – I mean, I was not a, the only person losing last year. There was a lot of, I think, professional blood in the, in the water um, in the NFL for whatever reason. There was crazy stuff too, like the monsoon game in San Francisco. What was that? Uh, what was that one? The, um, the atmospheric uh, – atmospheric this bomb cyclone bomb cyclone thank you bomb cyclone hits a dome team with carson Wentz on the field in san francisco and they still hit that total it went over because of some fluky bullshit um that one will will, will sting for years uh in terms of how much that hurt my my uh my bankroll um <clears throat> there were others there was some other crazy fluky outcomes i definitely did not do a great job of I did, I did kind of picking my spots <laughs> Do you you remember there was a fluky outcome near the end of the playoffs that if that got you? Was it the overtime coin toss in Buffalo, Kansas City? Yeah. Yeah, that one. That one hurt. That one. That one got you. That That was a classic episode of Drew yelling at Andy. I'm just just sitting here taking. Um, I did a bad job though of kind of keying in and identifying games that I wanted to try to grind an edge on that were higher variance because I thought that the variance would work in my favor. And I ended up on the wrong end of a lot of that, which was pretty stupid. And I don't know why I went for the higher variance spots. So I'm going to kind of try to tune back on that. Like if I don't bet a chargers game this season, that's fine. Uh, you know, <laughs> that's fine. I, let let I, them flip know, their coins as many times and see how I, it breaks. I, I, I like what they're doing. I'll cheer for them, but I don't need to be betting on that. 
some I, I felt like I just tried to get too smart for my own good, where there was a bunch of like uh, that, like you would sit there and say that's too obvious, like that's probably built in. Like I left a lot of winners off the card, and then when when I did talk myself into one where it's just like, oh my god, I have to bet, like this is way off from my numbers. I'm gonna double check everything. It looks great, and then I'd bet that, and it would win by a million. And then the stuff that I really really spent time on trying to like find an edge. Yeah, And I thought I had some game that's like the game state, if it sets up this way, it's super high variance, long tail to the over, I bet it. And it would just, it would never get near where I thought it would, you know, yeah. where we thought that game had a, yeah. the most chance of landing. And so it, it did feel like the, the obvious ones for me just hit. So maybe yeah. I need to maybe I need to trust my eyes a little more because we've been doing yeah. it for a little while. A uh, couple other macro thoughts. Long teasers remain the best bet in the NFL. Um, yep. The uh, they had a year. They the um, uh, the totals. I'm probably going to lay off totals in general this year relative to years past. I would usually play like three or four a week among seven to nine plays ish, and. I got to tell you, like, you have to be so much more aggressive timing wise and getting down on totals now that I just don't know if it's worth it. I, I have a similar thought. I won't be betting totals early. Right. Like, but that's uh, basically, I mean, and, and I'm, and I'm, sun, yeah, that Sunday, Sunday night. Yeah. Sunday night, <laughs> we will be grabbing numbers. And I'm not going to say I'm never going to bet a total on Sunday night. Yeah. But I think a lot of totals, I am going to wait, not only to go back to the weather point. The uh, you know, Player getting ability, yeah. yeah, getting getting closer to yeah, getting closer to that Wednesday injury report and knowing the weather a little bit closer. Like I, I'm, I think if I like a side, excuse me, if I like a side in a total, you know, and I'm worried about one point, I think it's a better trade off to know what the weather's going to be like. And the full player availability for that, just to bet it on Wednesday. Plus, at that point, I'll be able to see it's limit up at that point. Not that I'm betting ten grand a game, but it's nice to see that the people who are waiting for limit up, what yeah, the what the I market starts that. tickling, which way or which way or yeah. the other. It'll be a yeah. long time before I hit my head on the ceiling if NFL limits. <laughs> I uh, I can piss and moan yeah. about NBA draft and oh my god the hot dog I, contest. I'm okay. Hot though. dog contest yeah. was so hard to get down on this year. I didn't even try. Oh. I, I congratulate anyone that got bets down on the hot dog eating contest, but I didn't even. I couldn't even. The, I couldn't even. Couldn't even. The, the hot dog syndicate. I talked to CK. He told me what they were able to get down early. Really? Before the, the well, best they, part. We have. So we have to. Not, we have not, to go le- back not, for not legally though, right? Like. I mean, whatever, uh, illegally, but not I'm, not like not like at the legal shops, right? No, it wasn't legal or offshore. Yeah, um, I do have to tell you that though. It was one of those where I felt smart, and then I talked to him. And did you <laughs> did you hear the hot dog story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But go ahead, please, by all means. Well, so so I, I'm grinding tape, and I find that video <laughs> of them eating like this hot chip challenge or whatever, and it says on the YouTube Nick Wary and Miki Soto, pseudo. And it says, we'll take some Q&A at the end. So I flipped to Q&A just to see what it was. And she starts talking about how bad her hand is injured. And she might not be able to use it during the 4th of July. She said, I can't see the specialist till the 7th. So I just go bet the under on her everywhere I could bet it, which in that case was like five shops. It was very <laughs> difficult. Like I have 14 books. I could only get it at five. I bet the under. And then I'm like, oh, my God, I, I need to ask like, 
CK about this. He's like, yeah, we bet it a 50 and a half, 49 and a half, 48 and a half. <laughs> and I even said it. I, I, I said, because I, you know, I, res- <laughs> I have full respect for the hot dog. Oh, and that, again, I felt smart for finding that information and betting and obviously. Yeah, yeah. About it. yeah. But it was, it. I, some people would have felt dumb that somebody else had it well before them. But in my in that case, I'm like, oh, I feel good. Oh, like yeah. the, the the hot dog syndicate is doing the same thing I did just a little earlier on better numbers. So it's like, all right, I'm on the right side. The sharps are with me. And I did. I had brown bag bets that day and I, I stopped. I'm like, hey, I'm going to give this out on the show now because I need content. There's no fucking sports. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, do, do you want me not to? Are you like, have you guys got down enough? He's like, yeah, it's we're we're filled at this point. So okay. they they were able to get. They were able to get a decent amount on uh, the pseudo unders, and she only ate forty dogs. They had fifty and a half. Way to clear the number, boys. <laughs> well, so I will be. I will story. be not betting NFL early totals, but I will be trying to bet hot dog stuff earlier next year. Yeah, I'm okay. Two, I'm okay letting the low hanging fruit, the low hanging CLV fruit go. Um, it is what it is. I I didn't get big any big size any size bets the size down last year on any of that stuff anyway. Um, and I regretted a bunch that we bet after we collected more information on Monday and Tuesday. Uh, so, um, yeah, I think uh, a little bit more uh, patience is probably warranted from from me. Can we spin back the Wong teasers? Sure. I know a lot of the stats that you guys, if you read an article about Wong teasers, it's going to give you, you know, year over year performance, and it's going to use the closing number at a book, probably Pinnacle or Bookmaker, or wherever mm-hmm. they want to use it from. Mm-hmm. It'll tell you what the closing number price was, but do you think you should be betting Wong teasers midweek if they're in that range? Now let's let's say you really don't know where the market's going to go. It's at six and a half, or you know, it's at it's excuse me, it's at seven and a half, maybe eight at some shops. You know, I think you could probably use. Uh, if you have a bunch of square books or just public facing books or any legal books, honestly, that aren't circa. And then you look at like a circa, a bookmaker, a pinnacle, and you say, hey, you know, uh, let's say Bavada, I'm sorry, Bavada or DraftKings has minus eight for the Chargers. But bookmaker has minus seven, minus or minus seven and a half, minus 15. Like, I think you can make some decent leaps there and say the chances of it moving that way are greater than it moving up to eight and a half. And you can make some decisions. I think that's where I landed saying like, I'm going to make my best guess and say, if the market is going to move with me, I'll wait. But if I think the market is going to, or excuse me, if I think the market's going to move away from my number and I'm going to get a worse number, maybe I should, I should just fire on this now. And just take long teasers in the middle of the week. Or if you have, again, Holt says open. If you have a place that lets you open, that's money. But I think I'm like, when again, Wednesday, Thursday, I'm going to evaluate what's on the menu for long teasers and put them into like three or four categories. Like this, yeah, this is probably where the closing lumber ends. This yeah. is probably moving with me. This is probably moving away from me. And just start <clears throat> hammering them, hammering them together. And I'm going to take like, you know, let, Let's say you, you bet a, if you bet a thousand dollars a football game, I'm going to bet hundred dollar long teasers and you know, so like a tenth of a unit, and I'm going to bet every which way and three legs too. 
Like I'm going yeah. to put smaller units on it and spread them out full round robin kind of shit. Yeah, so that makes sense. I'm going to go heavy on those. I don't know if you have you have thoughts on midweek versus closing. Yeah, of course. Um, it's a good discussion. It's a good, but he, I feel like we've been staring at the screens for long enough that yeah. your guess on Thursday, on Wednesday when we're doing the deep dive, your guess as to will this close around this price? Yeah, in this direction or in this direction? I feel like we're probably guessing 85 90 percent it, right it's yeah it's not it's it, like the surprises i feel like there are when they when we are surprised by a side move mm -hmm. we're talking about it that probably is the like, caveat yeah, yeah. true is it an injury that, that, What's there, going there's on a yeah, yeah. There, there's a yeah, slight yeah. caveat to it is saying like we can probably look at the the screen look at the movement look at where the sharp books are at and make a very highly accurate guesses yeah. to which way which way it moves before it closed. Yeah. With saying if there is something like a quarterback injury that's looming or several defenders that like maybe that is something you leave it alone because you said like this could go either way by game day. So maybe it's the line might move enough where I want to leave this alone or I don't give a shit. This is a good enough leg. Even if those defenders are out, I want this in my teasers. Yeah, but yeah, it's gonna be like Wednesday, Thursday. I'm gonna be putting in Wong teasers. I'll yeah. be firing those out on the timeline, baby. I like it. I think there are probably a lot of things we can kind of flesh out in terms of teaser philosophy and apply this year. Chargers are probably a good team not to tease because who knows how often they'll go for two and how often you know if 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 you know is three as valuable for LA Chargers as it is for every other team in the NFL? Probably not. Um, <clears throat> So yeah, no, there's probably a lot of that we can kind of uh kind of add to the arsenal, I would guess. But um yeah, I think I'm gonna in general focus a little more on sides, back off a totals bit, uh, and uh and see if I can't uh improve Which my is funny because totals should be softer. I don't have uh there's so many last year were based on the way that the fucking refs called the game. And you never yeah. knew, you never knew. Like the consistency just was not there last year, uh, and um, that's part of the reason I'm ready to just throw my hands up. I'm not saying that there's in any way anything impro no impropriety going on here. Just the poor quality of refing and the inconsistency made it extremely tough uh, in certain, you know, to to grind an edge in totals. I felt like. <clears throat> All that said, what was the first thing you did with your? NFL offseason homework when you really got down to business. I Does really just power numbers. Yeah, I, I I'm not through with that yet. My my first thing I do every year is just. Oh man, I I have a lot of notes. I used to do it with a paper notebook where I just had a piece of paper for every team, and I had a lot of notes about what I what I wanted to do with certain teams, and thoughts, and then it moved to having a lot of. Google Docs and Google spreadsheets. That's kind of still where I'm at. Like maybe I should uh, work on some sort of database program instead, but I like my notes how I like my notes. And I start getting my notes put together by looking at last year's notes and seeing, you know, where did I end up with this team? What were my thoughts uh, at the end of the year? I, I, and I said this right away when I started doing that, I said, I feel like at the end of the season, I should write a paragraph for each team when their season ends. 
So like, you know, at the end of the regular season, I should, I should write a little epitaph for every team and be like, here's, you know, maybe some things I learned about this team. Like here's where I was right. Here's where I was wrong. Here's some, you know, things I noticed about this team tendencies, thoughts on that. Just like a lot of it was in my notes, but some sort of a summation of, you know, what I thought the the team was, what I thought I learned about them that year, what the market thought, what I gleaned from the market's response to that team throughout the season. And then just have that because that would have been great to go back and look at again, digging through a bunch of notes is fine, but Having a nice summary would have been great. And I'm, I am going to do that at the end of the year. I might even just tweet those. That'd be a fun one. Like, here's my here's my thoughts on this team. You guys can uh, argue with me all you want because Twitter's fun for uh, argu- arguments. Arguments are, you know, I'm very anti-confrontational. I'm too nice for that. But arguments on Twitter sometimes pop some good information out. I'm very open-minded about stuff. I'm willing to listen to the other side of stuff. That's why we have Food Snob Frog uh, in the comments sometimes. <laughs> I, I joke to them today. I'm like, we finally agreed on something. Um, we'll get to Survivor here in a bit. And then uh, real quick, uh, Swag Lord, Ken, are Wong Teasers minus 20 worth it? It's close. Like, I'd have to do the math on that. I think got to hit. You already have to hit like 72% of regular, uh, you know, regular legs, want single legs to, to make it work. So once you start paying minus 20, like you need the, uh, you need to figure out the single leg price by getting the square root of 1.833 and going from there and then converting that single leg uh, into you know, a percentage and that's what you have to hit for single legs. So whatever the square root of 1.833 is turned into a decimal odd, turned into a percentage. That's what you have to hit on single legs. And it's 74%, I would guess at that point. So it does make it tougher. I think if you pick and choose your spots, maybe, but it does cut into the value and you're going to really want to try to find a book that lets you do 10 cent, 10 cents on it. Yeah, so and and that is ref- that is referring to a six point teaser, twenty cents is profitable on a six and a half, thirty cents is profitable on a on a <laughs> seven point teaser, which is a little rare. Link yep. says not not in one and done. We already got our one and done locked in. I can't release oh, it he... because no, it can't. the The lawyer might be listening. Oh, okay. <clears throat> don't don't the lawyer, say the lawyer's another guy in our in the one and done. Oh, okay. Um, my 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 process definitely starts with taking all of the um, all the look ahead lines and decomposing it to just market ratings for the teams, just to see where what the temperature of the market broadly is. Um, can, I also can I like say the, that yeah, would be that would be probably one of my um, first things I would do, but you do it, so I don't. <laughs> <laughs> like that just yeah okay yeah, just uh, like. You know, Drew's numbers are going to be pretty close to that. <laughs> uh, I also like to look at the openers um, for win totals, look at the current numbers for win totals mm-hmm. around the 4th of July, see who's been taking steam, see where, if does that, is it consensus, just Pythag wins driving that, or is it, is it uh, you know, is it a free agency driving that? If a win total has been bet one win in any direction, you know, what can we explain why that is? Just try to kind of wrap my head around 
uh, what people are seeing with different teams and get a sense of sort of the market sentiment of this is a buy team, this is a sell team. Um, that's a, that's one of my favorite things early on. Uh, and then going through the uh, the schedule in great detail and really kind of quantifying what rest advantage is over the balance of a season, how concentrated rest advantage or disadvantage is over stretches of the season, whether those stretches correspond to meaningful, like this team's got to win there if they're going to do blank. And oh, by the way, they just happen to have disadvantages in four weeks in a row. You know, like that kind of stuff uh, is useful to me in turn kind of understanding sort of what the arc of a team's season may look like. Let's get into that because you and I talked about it off the air and I think what you did is really interesting taking some of the things that have been successful in NBA in the past kind of you know retrofitting it to sure. to work in the NFL which is a, you know the schedule is a lot different and much fewer games and rest means a different thing in the NFL but I do want to say and we can let, let's touch on Seattle and if you want to touch on a few other ones but let's let's not go crazy with the individual examples let's save those for the team preview stuff okay but I mean, sure. we, I think we have to touch on a few to we'll give, give examples yeah, we'll to, talk, to talk about it. But yeah, yeah, don't don't give don't give them all away. We got to talk about them during the uh, one of my favorite things we added to the team previews last year was like talking about their individual schedule. Dan did a good job of, you know, pasting some graphics together for us on that. So but yeah, you took. Rest advantage and a lot of it was just not. You know, did they have a bye? Did they play Monday and then Thursday or this? But also where they're going, where they've been, and <laughs> how long, you know, how long ago did they take a, you know, heading from Seattle to New York is one thing. If it happened eight weeks ago, it's probably moot. Yeah, exactly. But uh, if it happened two weeks ago, it still has some residual effect on you and your rest. Yeah. Yeah. And basically what I see is that travel at this point is correlated to distance of travel. Basically, how arduous is this trip in terms of time spent on an airplane? Uh, and then how the time decay is pretty aggressive. So the week of matters. The week, yeah, last week matters a little less. Three weeks ago matters a little less. Four weeks ago really doesn't matter at all. That's kind of what I'm seeing. Um, and so I think I'm putting a pretty aggressive, you know, kind of normalizing everything to distance traveled, uh, over a three week sample and decaying it so that you're giving highest weight to the current week is important. Um, and, uh, you know, so basically went and carried that out for, um, you know, for every game on the schedule and, uh, you know, came up with, uh, effectively, uh, an in-game score for, um, you know, how fatigued your team would be. Uh, and then conversely, how rested the opposing team is uh, from a travel standpoint and then what the differential is. Yeah, what the differential is. Um, and it's interesting because it, the t all teams are not created equal, uh, surely. Some teams have um, more than half their schedule where they're at a disadvantage. Other teams have kind of been given, uh, a, you know, a, 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 I guess, in the case of a team like Seattle, they've been given a chance <laughs> based on uh, the teams that were handicapped um, over the balance of their schedule and exactly how good those teams are. Um, so I guess, yeah, as an example, Seattle well, in particular. Just real quick, yeah, too, sure. did, and I don't think there's a way to quantify this, but maybe this could be a bit of a 
qualitative or a subjective opinion that you do on top of this, if you are looking at a situation and say, hey, the Team X has a big rest advantage, Team Y has a big disadvantage, but the team with the rest advantage has a coach who's known to be a knob dick about this sort of <laughs> thing, or, or it's just an organization that's not good. And then we have, you know, a smart organization who has shown in the past. And I, I was curious too, if you showed that at all doing some of your back testing, it was like certain teams are not affected by this as much because I think there's, and we've seen this, especially it's super exacerbated by uh, trips to London. We've seen, there's a few teams is like, Oh my God, it's like they, haven't been watching these games happen for the last decade. And they just, this is when they're flying out. Like, do they not care? Are they tanking? So it's not as prevalent, I suppose, in just a cross country flight, but there are teams who are better at traveling. I don't know if it's, oh, quanti- yeah. I don't know 100%. if it's quantifiable or if that's just a subjective thing you have to put on later. I think that's a subjective thing. Okay. Um, yeah. Giving it full, giving this full weight in terms of modifying a number versus just kind of knowing that this is a difficult spot are two different things. Um, and some organizations I would give full penalties and others I would just say, hey, just know what's going on here. Uh, international travel is a great example. Um, <clears throat> Seattle has the most difficult trip all season. They have to go to Munich to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I remember when I saw that. I said, why? So what's crazy is in terms of distance flying, they're almost identical. Let's, so it's uh, not a longer trip, but gonna, it's three additional time zones. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, you remember great circle routes, guys? Like, I feel like there's some great circle route involved in this whole equation, which blew my mind as a child. But yeah, yeah once, once we looked that up, it's like, oh, my God, it's not horrid. It's still yeah. not great going from the west coast to germany but it's a six thousand mile flight yeah. <laughs> it's long it's basically flying if you had to fly across 6, the country miles twice. with pete yeah. carroll chewing that gum oh god yeah you're not gonna no. be happy no no not at all but uh tampa also has to make that same flight the difference is tampa loses in you know three less time zones um and so the body clock advantage is theirs if they go at the same time now if seattle goes a little earlier to help their guys kind of adjust to that then that changes things um so kind of knowing that that is a potential landmine spot for seattle is important um but then following the following the news that week yeah i mean they gotta go if they don't they gotta go on wednesday if we find out they didn't take the overnight where they can sleep on the plane oh sure then then that's a demerit for sure like that's a half point i I need them i need them to kind of have multiple days of regrouping because they're playing at what amounts to like six thirty in the morning their time? After I was going to say six thousand like, miles. <laughs> like I would, I used, up. <laughs> as a child, like yeah. my grandparents lived there. We'd go to Germany almost every year, and I mean, granted, we stay there longer than what a football team would. But even just when you get there, like it takes three or four days from the central time zone to get your shit and to get and figure out like what time you should eat and trying to get to bed at the right time. Like they're an additional two hours. So right now I was going to say Vinny, when we had Vinny on the other day, I think he was seven hours ahead of me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think it's nine from the coast. Yeah. Like, yeah. That, that's uh, it's three quarters of the way to being the opposite, you know, complete opposite time. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's a big, it's a big fucker do. 
Yep. As, uh, as so the, that was uh, tough. The analysts um, will say they don't have much of a disadvantage travel wise to Tampa again because the distance is the same. But Tampa, but Seattle is coming off of a game at Arizona the week before they have to go at Munich. Meanwhile, Tampa Bay does not have that same uh, that same issue. Um, the benefits for Seattle from traveling are the they have four of the bigger advantages that exist in any game across the entire calendar travel wise and those are hosting atlanta week three hosting the giants week eight hosting carolina week 14 and hosting the jets week 17 so all those east coast teams they don't have to go to all those east coast teams that come to them that suck (laughs) so basically just just germany if four if there's four wins on the Seahawks, there's coming three of them are coming from those games. I think it's pretty re- pretty realistic, and I don't think it's an accident that you know that they handicapped Atlanta Giants, Jets, and Carolina, um, you know, just to make those games even to give Seattle a fighting chance. Um, but yeah, I think Seattle's ceiling's probably four four wins if we're being honest. Um, the rest of their schedule is absolutely brutal. Uh, the rest uh, from just a day's they rest. May, they may thing. not win a road game. Yeah. So basically, like because because of those four advantage spots, Seattle actually has the highest net positive in terms of travel fatigue across the league. Cleveland is up there as a positive. Baltimore is up there as a positive. Chicago and Pittsburgh are positives. Um, Pittsburgh, Chicago, Baltimore, Cleveland, like because they're so centrally located and in general, their travel is, is kind of limited is making a big difference for those teams in terms of travel demand. Um, That's a good point from the comments. Like if you wanted to completely pivot to really, really like hard car salesman touting, like the real scummy side, Drew Locke, it's right there for <laughs> you. Right there Drew, for Drew's locks. And it doubles as like a hair joke. Yeah. It's right there. For I like you. it. I like it. Yeah, I don't know if you want to be good... associated with the lock, though. Well, yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think I'll pivot in that direction. You could pull it off too, though. By the way, two Andrews here on this. Podcast. I am, yeah, um, I'm an Andrew. I haven't gone by Drew in a while. Uh, the teams that have the biggest disadvantage from a travel fatigue standpoint, the worst is New England. Um, however, again, this is a working. This is a work in progress. And the reason that New England is so bad kind of boils down to two games in particular, and they are week 14 and week 15. Um, when is their bye? I don't have it in front of me. The Patriots' bye is week 10. So middle bye. Then they come, they come out of their bye week 11, and they play the Jets, who are also that same wrinkle that we always see with schedules. They, they the always Patriots play a team off the bye. request playing yeah. a team off, another team off the bye. After that, though, they go four straight games of prime time. At Mini on Thanksgiving versus Buffalo uh, on Thursday. And then they have at Arizona at Las Vegas. So those at Arizona at Las Vegas trips are wild. Back to back across the country. Um, Arizona and Las Vegas are in extended home stands leading up to those games. So they're especially rested. My gut is that the Patriots have some plan to stay in Arizona and train for the week before going to Vegas. I don't think Belichick's taking his guys to the strip, putting them on the strip for a week. But if he does, that's worth paying attention to. That is not <laughs> hey, guys, we're staying time. in Reno. <laughs> no, it's, or, no, no. What's uh, the, where did old people? Laughlin. Laughlin, yeah, there you go. go. 
Um, but yeah, the the Arizona Vegas back to back for the Patriots is wild. I'm sure that that was requested and that they're going to stay out there. But even still, if they do make the trip across the country twice, then the, that travel fatigue is non-trivial, and that's as bad as any team gets it all season. Miami also just a really just a brutal schedule uh, from a travel standpoint. Um, their worst stretch is three games in a row on the road. Week 13, 14, 15, Miami goes at San Francisco, at the Chargers, at Buffalo. Not great in the in the weary months of December to be going three in a row, two of them on the West Coast. Now, they may also have a plan to stay out West after they play San Francisco. Um, what's the coach of the Miami Dolphins now? Mike uh, Mc, McDaniel. McDaniel. McDaniel, may, McDaniel might have some connections in San Francisco that he's intending to keep his team out there. And stay on West Coast time, and avoid the uh, the trip to and from Miami to San Francisco, Miami to L.A. But those back to back trips are rough. That. You know, you could go practice at like <clears throat> Santa Clara, or you know, pick oh, pick sure. your f pick your FCS school out there. I mean, there's there's a decent. I was going to say there's a Pac-12 school up there, but I don't know if the Pac-12 will be around by the time we get to that game. <laughs> might be a mountain or it might be it might be an ACC team at that point we'll see what happens but yeah go go do the thing where you go find somewhere chill to stay practice for the week out there I mean it's uh honestly like I don't know because I've never played in the NFL that you guys know of my career <laughs> didn't make it that far but I, I try to th- I try to think back of like practices even in high school like when you got to do something different, like some that got the, I mean, it got the morale up, even if it's just, all right, we don't have all our fancy equipment out here. We're just going to run a bunch of scrimmage plays. We're going to work on this and just like mix it up because we're having practice somewhere else than our, our practice facility that when you walk into that practice facility, it feels like you're going to work. I'm guessing like that's your job. That's going to the office, like getting out there on the road and stuff. I don't know what the record and we haven't, we don't have a big enough sample of like, teams that stayed in Youngstown over, over a two week stretch to go to the East coast or, you know, the various places they've stayed in West Virginia and whatnot. But I feel like it's probably not a disadvantage. No, I think, no, 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 no. I think it's it's a requested road trip can be an advantage for sure. For sure. For sure. Yeah. You're taking, you're essentially taking away. There's eight times a year. You're going to have to travel or nine, depending now which uh, conference you're in. And you essentially take one away and turn it into a fun, I don't know. I just picture like the, all the guys, they go on that run and then they get, you give the Gettysburg speech and then all of a sudden people are getting along right side, strong side. And then the team wins. Yeah. Also, I would point out that the handful of anecdotal examples we can point to the teams, especially the Niners for whatever reason, just come out that week two after a concentrated week of prep and they just thunder fuck their opponent. Well, that's the thing too. You don't go home to your family. You don't. You don't have to deal with your fucking kids, your, your wife, your mistress. Like they no don't. Distractions. They don't have, just they don't have a full you know, concentrated week of prep. Yeah, you just you go. You hang out with your football player friends for the week, and mm-hmm. you're just focused in on one thing rather than dealing with real life. Like it's a it's a full on road trip with the guys. I, I can see it being. <sighs> yeah, it's, it probably is a plus. It's probably a net plus. Yeah, I think so too. Um, 
I want to touch on the Jags real quick as another one. Besides the Patriots and the Dolphins, the Jags also have a rough schedule from a travel standpoint. Um, not but only... they have an experienced quarterback coach combo. <laughs> not only, uh, not only is the AFC handicapped with one more road game this year than the NFC. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you remember that, but write it down because yep. there's 17 games. Do you know how I can remember which year it's on because of Atlanta getting fucked last year? Yeah. Oh, and, there's, and there's Dan. Dan. Uh, <laughs> um, the Jags got it this year, though, because not only did they do they have one less home game from start, um, they give up one for London. Yep. They're the only AFC team that has seven true they got home falconed. games. They got falconed. Um, their home game in London is against the Denver Broncos who have similar travel distance, but more time zones. The Jags elected not to take a bye after playing after at all. Oh. No, no, they got a bye later in the season. They come right back and they play Vegas in Jacksonville the next week. I feel like that didn't work out well for Indy when they did it. No, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's not, it's generally not a great decision from what I can tell you, but, um, you know, it's uh, each team has its own choices. Really. I, do, I don't want to shit on the coaching yet because I don't really have a leg to stand on or argument to say like they made the wrong choices there. Because I honestly, I kind of liked what they ended up with in the end without seeing a product on the field yet to judge it by. I think they might have gone the right direction with coaching eventually. And again, with the quarterback, we saw you know, what was a high-end product get probably stymied by bad coaching, but I can say, so I I don't know. There's a lot of upside with Trevor Lawrence that's there. Might never, might never see anything. He might go full Rosen and just doesn't have it at this level, but he got upside in two spots, but boy, howdy, when it comes to travel, Trevor Lawrence is not making those decisions. No, I really, really don't think your rookie head coach is making those decisions without any oversight. And the front office fucking sucks. Well, like, they're trying the, the, to the, the keep decision. one foot in London. They're trying to be London's team. So they're yeah. going to give this up every year. The decision well, not to have the buy, though, is weird. Yeah, the, the, so I feel like they're going to, even though they've done it so many years, like if they goof up the travel there and back, how are we going to see this like Jacksonville resurgence that everyone's stumping for? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I can't answer that. Um, <clears throat> you know, the real... Uh, the real mystery. Denver elected to, by the way, just close the book on that. Denver elected yeah, to take the take their buy after the Jags game in London. What about Munich? Both teams are taking their buys there. <clears throat> uh, Seattle is taking their buy. Tampa Bay is taking their buy after the okay. Munich trip. I thought so. <clears throat> the interesting one about the team that elected not to take their buy and lost a home game is the Green Bay Packers who are facing the New York Giants week five in London. They that super early by they come home and played the Jets the next week. So I guess the league did them a solid there in terms of yeah. who they gave them. But then seven, eight, nine, road, road, road. Leading right into a head to head with Dallas, Tennessee, which is going to be two tough ones at home. Um, the road, 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 Washington, Buffalo, Detroit, that third one against Detroit looms large in terms of Detroit doing anything in the NFC North. 
Um, we we did talk about that earlier in the year when we first saw stuff. We said like it's kind of a sweet spot for Detroit to yeah if they want to steal one from a team that's still probably much better. Than yeah, them. yeah. What a what an opportunity. So here's what happens then. Green Bay goes to London. They come home play the Jets. They have a rest disadvantage against Washington on the road. Yep. With Washington getting three extra days, Buffalo coming off of a bye. Detroit neutral third road game in a row and then Dallas coming off of a bye week 10. So they're kind of in schedule hell for that stretch in terms of what's going to happen to those guys. So I think the time to buy on the green Bay, if, if ever this season is probably after that's over. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers is going to need a shitload of dream catchers and Pink crystal rock salt and whatever essential oils to make it through. That's a hell of a stretch. It's tough. It's tough. Uh, your Vikings going to London week four to play the um, the Saints who gave up one of their home games. Vikings and they really, not. really want to get Kirk Cousins on display this year. They got a, th- <laughs> they got a London game. They got a Thanksgiving game. Neither, oh. uh, neither the Saints nor the Vikings take their bye after the London games. Um, so we'll get to see what happens there. What the fuck, Quessy? Yeah. Uh, I mean, the Vikings do who did, get... Who do the they, Vikings play that next week, then? They host the Bears. Can live with so that. they give them a W. Basically, the teams that elected not to take buys, they gave them punching bags the following week, which is interesting. Interesting. New Orleans comes back, and they get the Seattle Seahawks after not taking their buy at home. I wonder um, if there's something to that where they it was difficult. Can you imagine, Drew, being the guy, and I'm sure they have a computer program for this, but then you got to start throwing in requests and no. mix it. But like trying to <laughs> trying to design an NFL schedule, yeah. I think sometimes there's probably a stopping point where they say like, hey, tough, you know, tough shit. It, if you don't take your buy after the London game, we'll give you a bottom five team. We'll give you one of your easiest spots and you know, we'll look the other way next time you take out a sex boat on a lake. <laughs> like, you know, may, maybe there is, I, I doubt that second part, but you know, the, the, the fact that they did give them cupcakes, a couple of these spots and who knows the bears, you know, with all the offensive line and wide receivers they added, maybe they turn it around, but that's the Jets one and the Bears one that it feels like and and Seahawks. Like it feels like they, they gave some people some soft landings, maybe in exchange for help us out with the schedule here. I don't know. I need That's a conspiracy crazy. theory to this. No, no, I mean the 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 bias stuff, the requests that ultimately go on behind the scenes that we never see, uh, I'm sure are pretty interesting. Well, and be, because if you go the other way, where say Minnesota said we don't want to take a buy after this. If that was Minnesota's request and the league had to like shoehorn that into a schedule, that feels like an annoyance to the league where they were. Why would the league reward you then? No, fuck you. You hit the bills off a buy then. Like that's what's <laughs> happening. So it, it does feel like some quid pro quo there because otherwise it doesn't make sense for them to give them uh, a gift like that. All these teams seems a little too coincidental for me. So yeah, curious to know what goes on behind closed doors and some of these scheduling, these scheduling meetings, what a nightmare that would be to create uh, all these schedules. So gross. Then you got to deal with Bieber (laughs) concerts and stuff. 
Oh, fucking New York teams share a stadium. Like that has to be part of your algorithm. Like uh, I would, I would build this all out on by hand and get to the end and be like, you have the Jets and the Giants in the same stadium, like six weeks in a row. Like they can't both play there. That's a noon and a three o'clock game. We're fine. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> That'll so, be my only, only, that won't be my last conspiracy theory. Those are the weird standouts from a schedule standpoint. Um, we already probably know this, but the Buffalo Bills get the biggest rest advantage on the season, which is pretty cumulative rest advantage on the season, which yeah. is pretty wild. Um, the Detroit Lions also have a huge rest advantage over the balance of the season, which is which is cool for them. Uh, Lions also have a fatigue advantage from a travel standpoint <clears throat> and uh, just in general, some good situational spots. So, um, yeah, Lions, you know, the, the NFL is on board with Restore the Roar. I would say um, any other schedule wrinkles you want to dive into before we get to team level later this uh, cycle? No, I think you did a really good job of explaining your, what you did with, uh, you know, building out some fatigue factor stuff. It's going to be interesting once we actually get to every team and start talking about here's some high spots, low spots. The most interesting thing to me. And again, this is the stuff I add into my notes or I try to remember. It's so hard for me to, actually take notes while we're doing these once in a while i'll listen back to chunks of these just be like what did i not even just be like what did drew say it's like what did i say because sometimes at the end it's honestly <laughs> i go take? in i go into like a, a fugue state while i'm doing these and for some reason it's like these are like dreams like you wake up in the morning and and like 10 minutes later you can't remember what your dream was so i i do have to go back and look but uh that's a big chunk of kind of future stuff for both of us as we we set out these spots and there's usually like i don't know six to ten spots where it's like this is maybe a buy spot on this team if they underperform through this stretch and another team in their division is playing well or you know they're sitting in the middle of the pack in their conference at that point and i'd say you know what 70 percent of those don't come to fruition it's like well we we didn't meet all the criteria the price wasn't good enough and it was a good thing to have written down, but we're not pay we're not pulling the trigger because we try to bet things that are, you know, slightly plus EV in the long run and <laughs> it didn't happen, but there are always two or three where it's like, all right, it's time. We're, we're taking the Colts with the fucking AFC now. Guys. Oh, for sure. No. And I definitely am. I'm definitely going to um, take market entry still. I think in the futures space is the king. And it's not close. Um, I think uh, I'm going to do a little more quantitative evaluation of schedule balance, right? Like mm -hmm. easy first half, hard second half. Um, I did a ton of that for the NBA, and that was really, 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 really helpful. Uh, NBA, obviously, with 82 games is a very different beast. But uh, you kind of did a little bit of an analysis and you're like, holy crap, the Lakers schedule is so easy to start and so hard to finish. If they don't start well, they're in deep trouble. And you look up and they're 11-11 through 22 games and it's like, okay, season's over. Um, well, and the other thing too, and way different in the NBA, but if, if a team has a very tough end of the season, but they're projected to be a top three team in the conference, be like, you know, those games, they're probably just going to lose like five out of six of those games 
because they're just setting up for the playoffs at that point because seeding doesn't matter to anybody anymore, apparently. You know, there, there are spots where it's like, uh, you know, this team will be coasting through February and March anyway. Like, how, how do I feel about that? Or this team is a lottery team and they have a tough second half. Why would they be putting out good lineups and good rotations at that point? Yeah. That's, well, I, it's not, that's not going to be as much of a thing in the NFL, but I think still there are teams where it's like, hey, we're the Atlanta Falcons and. You know, we like we're, you know, one in 11 here. We're not going to go trotting this out. Or you could make maybe some, there'd be reaches. It'd be, you know, more theories. And again, if this comes to fruition, maybe we can take advantage of it. But a team like that, that's a spot where maybe you see a rookie quarterback enter the market uh, or enter the games a little earlier in cases like Atlanta. You know, what's going to happen there? So, yeah, I mean, they're Ritter's candidate to start week two because of Mariotti, Mar- Mariota's injuries history. Um, the real question that I'm struggling with right now is what in the world to do with Cincinnati? Cincinnati is the bugaboo in the AFC for me. They're going to be good, but they'll take a step back. Like the, the AFC North is going to be buck wild. Like it should be our last one we do no matter what, because it's going to be, I think we did plan on that. Um, I think, I think we made it last because we have, we have to decide what we're doing with Cincinnati. I have to decide what kind of a bounce back we're getting from Baltimore. The Cleveland quarterback situation slash massage thing has to sort itself out. And Pittsburgh like straight up has a good team with no quarterbacks. Like Mitch Trubisky, probably not a like he started. He played well one year, but him and a rookie, like, is that what we're doing? Like, are you just throwing away this year? Because you still have decent wide receivers. You have a good defense. You don't have the worst offensive line. Like, uh, they're in a weird limbo spot where it's like, do you really want to be eight and nine? Is that what you're? Because that's what you're putting out there right now. That's the vibes you're putting out. Like, yeah, we're just gonna go five hundred guys. Like this is this is kind of what we settled on because we don't know what to do at quarterback. Well, I think uh, Tallman wants to go nine and eight. Yeah, he does. He does want to keep that winning. winning um, no, and but just Cincinnati, anybody who read yeah. this know that know that Dan is not producing this show right now. He's not drinking grain alcohol and gummies and putting uh putting the production on. He's on vacation, but he, <laughs> he still can't stay away. Um, to answer Patrick's question, uh, the schedule matrix will be released. It's going to be quantitative this year, so hopefully more useful uh, than it has been in years past. Um, and uh, yeah, the close of the book on Cincinnati, at least at first, at first pass, they have the most inbound schedule in terms of a huge proportion of their expected wins come in the first half. And then it gets really, really tough Tougher. for them in the second half. They have just one hell of a home stretch here. <laughs> Pittsburgh, Tennessee, KC, Cleveland, Tampa, New England, Buffalo, Baltimore. I mean, those are all either rivals, tough outs, or pl- like bona fide playoff teams, which is going to be interesting. Um. Yeah, so something I've been doing at work work has just been, you know, kind of scheming social media stuff. I'm not good at the whole really, you know, the engagement farming shit. Like, you're not going to see, you know, a 
tell me who you're, you know, who's your Mary. sleeper this yeah, year? Fuck Mary kill these three tight ends. Actually, that is, <laughs> I would, that's a funny policy, you know, like the real ones like that. But I would like, I'm, I'm going to try to make a little more use of the deep dive pod. Uh, account because I don't use it that much and there's like 3,000 followers so I, I've been kind of jotting down things and when we talk about that market entry stuff I think whenever we bring one up on a show yeah bring these, just I'm tweet going it to, just I'm tweet just, it I'm going to create a thread of those and then later yeah. we can go back and just I See mean I we go back and just be like this didn't happen there's going to be like 30 this didn't happen so we didn't bet this but I think we'll go back and be like you know what this happened, this happened, and the price is three to one. We're, you know, we're gonna take the Packers to win the NFC right now. Yeah. Five, or five or one. or we said, hey, the time to buy the Packers is week eleven, but Aaron Rodgers joined a cult and quit the NFL. So I don't think we're Yeah, gonna, he is uh yeah, I think we're gonna pass he's on Wiccan that. now. Yeah, we're gonna pass on that one. Gotta pass. Um yeah, no, I think I'm, that that's a great call. Love that idea. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do yeah, I'm gonna do a few threads on there of some of the stuff we touch on during these pre these preview episodes are grind, and there's going to be one week where we do four of them because I'm taking some uh, vacation time the next week. Yeah. But I really do love them, and they help me a lot too. Okay, so let me let's close with the fun with the fun thought, and you can tweet these out on the deep dive account, and we'll come back and circle uh, at the end of the uh, at the end of the um, process. So far, what's a team that you are higher than you expected to be on? You're surprisingly. Oh, didn't didn't think I was going to find anything to like about this team, but now here I am wondering if they're they're the bet on. So I I think most of the teams I'm I'm a little higher on. I I I don't know if I let my own priors build into this, but like I'm high on the teams I thought I would be high on for the most part. I guess there there wasn't really one. Like I I thought truthfully, and this is boring. But I thought I would downgrade Kansas City more. Hmm. I I still just can't. Like uh, you can, I think you can really get by. Where I think we've seen this in Green Bay, and we might see this in Kansas City, where it's like, oh no, he lost his good receiver. It's like, oh shit, he's still really good. Like it's still, if if his feet aren't hurt, he can take off and do that bullshit run move, or the fake run move. He can. He could scheme me and you open. Like, I'm I'm not worried about uh, Kansas City having some huge drop off because they lost some pieces. And Indy Indy is probably one too where I'm hesitant, but I've I've been forced to have them high. It's a it's going to be an okay team. Like it's going <laughs> to be it's going to be a playoff team. It's another what what was the joke like? Hey, this is a great team. They win the division. They make the playoffs. They lose by fourteen to the Bills. Yeah, that's like yes. that's the team. Although I did I did see that market today. Maybe at Bovada, they had every team's um like win is their last game essentially. Um, like which week? Or like which stage, well, stage like, of elimination. Stage of, elim- stage of elimination. So like a shitty team was like, you know, minus 800, missed the playoffs. Miss the play. okay. And then and then a lot of that other ones. But like any team that was close to, you know, 500 or better had prices for, you know, miss the playoffs, wild lose the first, the second. Yeah. yeah, like those yeah. were fun. And like Indy, I, I kind of want to build it. Indy makes the playoffs. Indy loses in the wild card round. 
they're, they're not gonna let me parlay that, but bet both of those because that's that's kind of where I see that team landing. I think that's fair. If you let me parlay, win the division and lose in the wild card round, I guess I could just roll it over. Yeah. The problem is, what if they get the one seed in a week AFC South? Yeah, I think if that just loses, then yeah, yeah. If if they if they can't lose, they're just they're just out. Yeah, interesting. Uh, What's the team that you thought you were going to be a little bit higher on that you've cooled since you started doing a little research and reading and thinking about them? Probably the Saints. Oh, I know, I know, I know you're up on that. It's it's a it's a very light cold you know cold front on them but they moved on from your uh your nemesis yeah i know but that's that's where i'm sitting it's like we have the uncertainty of that what are we going to get i just have i have them long tail both ways and i think in cases like this the long tail to the under for season wins is a lot. It has a lot more distribution percentage than the over because there's uncertainty at the two most important spots, and it's not even close. You still have a high level uncertainty at the quarterback, and you really don't know what we're getting from a coach. So I think they can be good just because not only am I expecting Tampa to maybe take a slight step back, and I really expect Atlanta to be horrid, and Carolina, even with Baker, I don't think that's a good team. So they're in a weakish division. They're in a weaker division than they were a year ago. Yeah, I think and, so. Too. And they're getting their, they should get it, you know, they're receiving core healthy. They have some good pieces on offense. So they could be good if things work out. Like they're a bet the alt over, bet the alt under team for me. Okay. So I'm just, <clears throat> I guess I'm um, skeptical on them. And I could see them having a disaster season. Their uh, their schedule sets up super favorably. Yeah. To to capture equity early yeah. in division. I know, it, and that's where I, I landed on some of that too. And I I went back and looked too. It's like you go back and look at who has the easiest schedules for the year. Sometimes yeah. those teams just suck, anyways. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, a fair you point. still you still have to you still <clears throat> have to go beat shitty teams. And if if you don't you know if you don't have uh, you know, just uh, you know when they're gelling, when the locker room gels. What am I trying to say? Like some sort of uh, yeah, lack of chemistry or the like chemistry, chemistry, synergy. Maybe you think it's synergy? Like, like yeah. yeah. If if everybody doesn't get the train moving in the same direction right away, you know, the schedule lining up for them favorably. I wish it lined up for them favorably later. I'm actually opposite on you that 100. percent I wish they had an easier second half of the schedule because at that point they know what the fuck they are. They know where, you know, they know, all right, this is our identity as a team. We've had longer time to get the offense and and go and they can make a run at the playoffs because it is still a weak NFC, especially the bottom end of the teams that are going to make the playoffs. So I, I worry that if they don't get their shit in the get right away and they, they will squander how the schedule hashes out for them. And then they're going to be looking at a six win season. And that, that could be, that stinks because they have pieces. Yeah. So, yeah. so I'm, I'm probably like, uh, I thought I would like them and I'm probably saints agnostic because it, it's too high of uncertainty for me to put money into that. Okay. I'll bet them week to week if I start to see something, but 
or against if I if I see the opposite. But uh, Saints probably won't be in my futures book. Yeah, it's so the we can put a pin in this till we get to the AFC South. But um, the Bucks are set up to underwhelm out of the mm-hmm. gate. Like they are really, 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 really like they're asking them to stub their toe. Start 0 4. That would be funny. At which point somebody else in the NFC South is going to be presumed to be the the team. And I can't talk myself out of that being the Saints just because of the way their schedule starts. (laughs) I mean, it's going to be Carolina. It's going to be so funny if we do the th- remember what what was Carolina to start the season last year like did three they start three and all and I they feel like some, Carolina and did and Denver started three and zero and then missed the playoffs I believe I feel like somebody made a case for like Darnold to win awards at that point like Darnold oh, for sure and for it sure. was just it was a bad take so. Ah, the half says I thought I would be higher on the Giants. I kind of did too. I really don't like what they've done from a roster construction standpoint. Um, Patrick says he wants to like the Niners. We'll see if the if the steam of Jimmy G being traded happens. Like uh, thought exercise to close the program with. Did you see enough of Trey Lance to give the Niners an automatic upgrade if they move on? I don't think we saw him play enough to really suss that out. Oh, I can answer that more definitively. But but if we, I think if I see him play enough in the preseason, and I see some practice footage, yeah, maybe I can say like he looks like he's got poise. Poise is more important than anything. Like that, I could not say that enough when we were sitting there in Burrow's rookie season, like before he was injured, like the guy just looked like he was, he was comfortable out there. You see some of these rookies, you see guys who have been in the years for league who don't look comfortable out there. Sometimes Burrow from day one looked like he belonged. Like if you just dropped me out of a coma, I would have, and I've been like, I, I, I don't know. Has he been in the league for four or five years? Like there are guys that have that. And if you start to see that with Trey Lance right away, if he just looks comfortable, like they're going to get an upgrade over Jimmy G because he fucking sucks. Yeah, that's that's 10% for me. I'm at 60%. Trey Lance gives you an average first-year starter season. He's uh, That he looks like a rookie and has yep. ups and downs and plays like Trevor Lawrence played last year. Yeah, I think like, there's going to be bumps that's, in the road. That's 60% for me is that he is just a very average first-year season. 30% for me that he is completely lost and can't and should not be starting, but they have to go through the growing pains anyway because of what they have invested. Mm. And then 10, 10% for me that he steps in and does a Pat Mahomes in year two kind of a deal. I'm probably 10, I guess 10. I was going to say I'm probably a little lower, but 10's fair. Because like, what you saw from Mahomes in the preseason and limited usage the year that they started Alex Smith all year was enough to be higher than 10% that Mahomes was going to be capable. And now yeah. he exceeded expectations by a mile, but um, you didn't see that from Trey Lance last year. No. And that's the thing, too. What do we have? We have a few plays on film. Like, uh, you know, I we talked about him before, when we did the 49ers preview. We said, 
are they going to use him in conjunction with Jimmy? Are we going to see him a bunch? That's how he gets time in the field. That's how we evaluate him. And then maybe he takes over. But man, they were using him like one or two times a game, sometimes not at all. And then before that, what do we have? FCS footage. He's playing like, how, how are we supposed to take that? But like, well, he beat the shit out of James Madison. Like, is, is that good enough to win the NFC West against the Super Bowl champs? Like, I no, I, I need to see a lot more. So very incomplete grade on that one. And I'm probably, I'm going to agree with your 10% um, that he has high upside. But the other two percentages, I'm probably like, 45-45. Like I'm Ooh. I I have Ooh. a I have a much higher <laughs> percentage of him, like just and that 45%, well, let's just call that the shit the bed percentage. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's he shit the bed and he's you know David Carr and he's just not gonna work. And that wasn't his fault, man. <laughs> that guy needed a line, but Achilles Smith, Cade McNown, you know, just Jamarcus Russell, a guy who's just not going to get it, not going to play in this league. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't think that's what that 45% is. The 45% is like, he was bad because he's so experienced, but we saw a few things that are going to convince the media, the fans, and especially, and most importantly, the coaching staff that this is the future. And it was just a rough year. Okay. And like, I think that's, as high of a percentage chance is happening as he gives us a, a baseline season. Okay. Okay. I think, uh, yeah, for me, like the 60% that I'm kind of looking at the body of his probability is that his season feels like Lawrence Wilson fields from last year. It's a better team. There's a lot more talent on this 49ers team as far as the, the skill position players. Sure. So they don't win three, four games, but they don't, they don't, they're not competitive for. So yeah, it it helps like the win total for the team, but he might still have just as bad of a blooper reel or whatever you want to call it. Like the, Oh shit. That was a bad play. That was a bad decision. That was the wrong call. That was the wrong audible. He ran right into a sack. He threw right to a linebacker. It's going to be a lot of that no matter what. Like even uh, even yeah. if he hits that ten percent, that ten percent where he redlines and surprises us all, he still has a dozen plays like that where it's like shit. He's a rookie still. Like it just no, there's no avoiding that sort of thing. But yeah, I'm I'm excited to see it at least. Like give me Trey Lance starting sixteen games, seventeen maybe even. Give me you know give me Justin Fields with some pieces around him, which I guess we're not getting this year. I, w- I want to see some of these young quarterbacks. So we really didn't get- give me Trevor Lawrence with a, a coach who's not spending his whole time booting the special teams in the face or whatever. And yeah, I'd, I'd like to see some of these guys at least, you know, show me what they got and then we can be done with them or get excited about the future. Okay. That's fair. Well, that's fair. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm right. more excited about last year's draft class for quarterbacks than this year's. Oh, like as far as as far as right right now where we're at this season, I'm excited for sophomores. Yeah, the quarterback I'm most interested in seeing this year. A lot uh, like my senior year. Is, uh, yeah, <laughs> I like yeah, I like the. Uh, uh, I'd like to see what happens with the Washington quarterback situation and Sam Howell out of the out of the out of the rooks. 
Uh, not excited for anybody else. Yeah, I'm there. Okay. All right. Good job. Let's call it a pod. You got the uh, the exit music cued. See you guys. If you're in the YouTube, hit the thumbs up on the way out. And we'll see you Monday for the NFC North. NFC part North? One. NFC North NFC Part North. 1. North. Lions and Bears. Let's talk some Bears. Yeah. You know what? And we're going to start with a little golf. Yeah. Because it's the Open Championship. So Lions and Tiger and Bears. <laughs> oh, look at you. I like that. I like that. 